It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. Once again, we are joined with Jake Latarski, RotoWire.com. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you. And, uh, of course, it's the tradition watching the football on Thanksgiving goes hand-in-hand with fantasy. Sometimes you uh, base your draft around that, like I do sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people that are just picking up the Bears' defense this week, so they have something fun to watch on Thanksgiving. So (laughs) I definitely don't blame them there. Uh, Don't blame them one bit. So, uh, yeah, go go for it and uh, enjoy the Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's go out and get it this week. Yeah, my, my running joke used to be when it had to be a kicker, I would always pick Jason Hansen, and then my joke was, well, at least I've got something to watch on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say one more thing. We have a uh, we have a Thanksgiving cheat sheet, especially just for the players ranking on Thanksgiving, if you want to get together with two or three of your family members. I believe that column's free on Rotowire, so definitely check that out. I believe Jim Co- Coventry also likes to rank uh, do pie power rankings and side dish power rankings, so plenty <laughs> for your enjoyment there to uh, to get you covered for Thanksgiving. All right, well, let's get into it. Let's praise a former Badger. Why not? Jonathan Taylor, the historic fantasy day. I mean, this is right up there. One of the top days of all time, this performance he put in against Buffalo this past week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I believe it was just out around the top 10 overall. I mean, there was some crazy Sean Alexander, Priest Holmes days back in the day that, you know, people still have to remember. But uh, no, it it was amazing to see Jonathan Taylor do this. And I think there's no question anymore that, you know, he makes it through the rest of this season healthy. He's the number one pick in fantasy drafts next year. I mean, we've seen McCaffrey get hurt a few times, you know, and and really and really burn fantasy owners here. And Derrick Henry will be coming off an injury. He at one point was considered the consensus number one. But, you know, there are some workload concerns about him as there were heading into this year. So, no, Jonathan Taylor is is – he is, he is the man, and he's going to help people win fantasy titles this year. What's amazing is thinking back to early in the season when we thought Carson Wentz was going to be hurt, he slipped to like the end of the first round, second round. So yeah. it is possible, possible technically that you could have got uh, Taylor and Eckler one, two at the turn. And then there's a hundred fantasy points off the bat this week for you. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of fun situations, but it's great to see a Badger succeed like that in the NFL. And that's the thing. I mean, that's why I was a little hesitant to take him because Badger backs haven't had the greatest success. Now, Melvin Gordon helped correct that in the league. But, you know, going on past results, it's like, I don't know at the time when he was coming out. I'm not sure it's got that, but he definitely breaks the mold. Yeah, the skills are definitely all there. I mean, there was I remember a a first year dynasty league I did set up where someone was offering me Clyde Edwards Alaire for Jonathan Taylor, like real early when he wasn't being used a ton in his rookie season early on. And I said, no, because. You know, you got to you got to buy the skills, not just the some people fall into the into the uh, line of thought that, you know, running backs don't matter. Running back skills don't matter. Yeah. But that's the classic example why Taylor is the number one running back to come out of that draft. Well, another game from this past week, we thought it was going to be another shootout, just like maybe uh, Seahawks Packers was the, the week before two great quarterbacks going at it. Chiefs Cowboys. We thought, okay, they're going to light up the scoreboard. Uh, well, it didn't really happen, especially for one side. And, uh, you know, that may have been a headache for some fantasy owners this past week. 
Yeah, absolutely. There were definitely a couple complex situations in that game. Uh, one with the Chiefs and the return of Edwards Zolaire, who we were just talking about a second ago. It was basically now Edwards Zolaire had 12 carries to Williams five, but it was basically a 50 50 snap share with Daryl Williams serving as essentially the third down back. And Williams also took six of the seven red zone snaps, but it was Edwards Zolaire his one snap that ended up with a one-yard TD. So that really convoluted <laughs> things for fantasy players. I know not many of them started Edwards Alaire. And then, of course, there's an injury situation here, too. I mean, the Cowboys, it looked like Ezekiel Elliott got his ankle rolled up on, I mean, from the eye test. But now it's looking like a knee injury. He eventually came back to the game. You know, we'll have to see how that affects his usage and how that affects the split with Pollard. But Zeke still ended up with a 70% snap share despite the injury. And then, of course, the Cowboys... uh I mean, they didn't expect to be losing Zeke and CeeDee Lamb in the same game. You know, yeah. that really throws off the offensive game plan, even if they have Gallup back. And uh, and it's just with Cooper out for COVID, he'll be out on Thanksgiving. And I mean, man, CeeDee Lamb got back to practice today. But I'm, I after watching him bash his head against the ground, I'd be still be a little surprised if he suits up on Thanksgiving. But yeah, I mean, they're banged up between getting banged up and some unique backfield splits and and then, of course, game flow it was the perfect concoction for a, you know, a low fantasy game script there. All right, let's hit the waiver wire here this week. I mean, there's a lot of situations out there, like we said, some banged up backfields, or now we're seeing two to three man tandem backfields like New England now is getting a little more complicated if you got Stevenson a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is that time of year where you kind of have to find somebody to help you out at the stretch if you're not settled at that second running back spot or flex spot. Yeah, there are a couple names that come up this week. It was a real tough wave warrior show. I mean, we really kind of had to scrape the bottom barrel there. But, uh, you know, it was, it's a good transition here because, you know, I got to talk about Cedric Wilson. Uh, of the Cowboys, you know, Lamb was back in practice, so he might play, but, you know, Cedric Wilson would still be wide receiver three over there with Cooper out. And, you know, he, he gets his fair share of targets. So he's on the, he's on the board, but the biggest waiver wire pickup this week is got to be, I know it's a Jets player yeah. and it's tough to really <laughs> recommend him, but it's got to be Ty Johnson. Now people are going to look at that box score and think why Ty Johnson, Kevin Coleman got most of the carries here, but Ty Johnson is the pass catching back and he's going to continue to get a lot of targets in that offense. And, uh, He's basically get he's going to get a big role for the next two weeks. It looks like a low ankle sprain for Michael Carter. So the next two weeks, they have Houston and Philly, who are both bottom ten running backs against PPR. So it's uh, it's opportunity, uh, it, it's skills that he does well, and it's the matchups that make him a nice two week fill in. And at this point, if you can get an RB two for two weeks. That's worth a good percentage of your budget. And real late, I'll throw in here, guys that maybe missed our threshold, but, I mean, Elijah Moore yesterday when we did our, we did our show, he was under 60% rostered in Yahoo formats. And uh, Logan Thomas, too, it looks like he's finally going to come back. It feels like I mention him every week, but he looks like he's finally actually coming back this week. And he was surprisingly only 52% rostered in wow. Yahoo formats. So he was uh, – he, I picked him up in a 10-team league uh, because everyone slept on Logan Thomas. I'm like, even though I had Kittle, I'm like, I don't want somebody else to get Logan Thomas. So uh, there are a couple of guys that are definitely flying under the radar in addition to those couple of names that popped up new this week. Also, too, in some leagues, you might get these strange, uh, I didn't expect this guy to be available kind of cut, maybe from owners that are maybe out of the chase or, you know, they're trying to fill a gap mm -hmm. and trying to hang on to guys. I mean, somehow I got Justin Tucker on my team, and I had to double-check that. I'm like – is he injured? What's going on? And I picked him up. I'm like, yes, I know he's a kicker and you hate kickers. But I was just like, what is this going on? I mean, so yeah. there's situations like that in your league you might fall into. 
I know we uh I had a similar situation where Buffalo's kicker Tyler Bass was dropped and someone used like 20 percent of their fab because you know he was dropped during a buy and it just the ability to stop having to worry about streaming kickers just out of convenience is uh is nice enough for that. But yeah, I mean always check your check the uh you know you, most league formats can sort by rest of season projections. You can sort by specific week 12 projections. You do always want to check just to make sure nobody got missed. I mean there's a fair amount of leagues where Gallup is still out there, Michael Gallup of the yeah. Cowboys and he'll be a big part of the offense here. So uh you know, it, it's definitely a good idea to do that. We have integrations on RotoWire where you can sync and it offers recommended pickups based on either rest of season projections or week 12 projections. So that makes it a little easy for you. But most league formats, can you can, you can get that data pretty easy and make sure you're not missing anybody. And it reemphasizes that you always maybe want to go back and check who has dropped in previous weeks as uh, one of your first steps when examining the waivers. There's a lot of, a lot of good technique that can uh, make for successful fan, fantasy managers here. All right, let's give it a shot. Studs and duds here for Thanksgiving week. Uh, we'll start off at running back. Who do you think is a, a stud performer this week? Yeah, no, again, it feels like low-hanging fruit to pick on the Lions, <laughs> but I have to go with David Montgomery on Thanksgiving. And it's not only because of the Lions matchup here. It's because David Montgomery, out of all running backs in week 11, he basically had the highest workload he was a 95 percent snap share it was a new career high for him so he's getting out there a crazy uh, amount of snaps and he gets a glorious matchup on thanksgiving um you know it looks like maybe some andy dalton's gonna step in for justin fields this week it doesn't matter who the quarterback is uh, montgomery should get at least 20 carries in this game and be able to do a lot with him and uh i also want to take this opportunity here to mention that a lot of people seen montgomery or seen delvin cook's usage in the past week, you see these 90, 95% snap share guys, and you think, okay, I can probably cut their backup. But, you know, one, one of my favorite writers on the site, he points out that maybe, just maybe, uh, you know, it increases their chances of injury if they're getting overused in that capacity. So guys like Herbert and guys like Madison, if you have bench spots on there and somebody and somebody's cut them because they're just not getting the usage, if you have startable alternatives, you know, and, and can afford a bench spot on guys like that, uh, those are guys that could be game changers in the fantasy uh, playoffs if one thing were to go wrong. Yes. So um, I'm taking this fence. I'm taking this opportunity to just mention that tip uh, to the listeners out there, and hopefully we can consider that down the stretch. All right, stud running back. I'm going to go with. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of strange matchups, or there's a lot of committee backfields added in, in games this week, but. I'll go to the Monday nighter, Antonio Gibson. I know we have been up and down on him all season long, but uh, you know, coming off a good performance last week. Uh, yeah, I he's got a little role going on here, and against the Seattle defense, we thought they were getting better at the run. They they may be a little bit, but I still like Gibson on Monday nights, and uh, I think he may have a decent game because I think they're going to have to lean on him in that one. So you know what's funny is uh, you know we kind of skipped over the panic button segment this yeah. week, but I had actually written Gibson down as panic button <laughs> for a couple of reasons. Uh, yeah, so we're way uh, opposite sides of the field on this one here. Uh, the couple things that the notes I had were he had zero targets last week for the first time all season. He lost the fumble on the goal line, and again we keep going back through this, but he's playing through a fractured chin, guys. I mean, yeah, this Washington season is essentially hopeless. You know, they're not making the playoffs. And, it's almost a sure thing of that, you know, pretty soon we'll start to see teams officially dropping out, but in a lost season, I don't see how they can, I mean, I love Gibson long-term in dynasty leagues. Maybe you can buy low on him and get him for next year, but for the rest of this season, I, I'm pretty worried and I'm actually actively looking for JD McKissick only rostered in 55% of leagues. 
He's a great PPR guy. Patterson can come into play in that backfield as well. So, uh, you know, maybe Gibson's got one more good game left in him. I'll give you that. It's That's possible. what I'm banking for. Is, yeah, the matchup is fine. Um, but uh, I'm a little bit worried about him rest of the season. All right, stud run, or, uh, dud running back uh, for this week, <laughs> besides Antonio Gibson. Yeah, so he, uh, he he disappointed fantasy players last week a little bit, but I'm going to go to Leonard Fournette for a couple of reasons. One, uh, they get the Colts, who are surprisingly the number two defense against opposing running backs in standard formats in all of fantasy. They've only given up three touchdowns on the ground to running backs this year, and you know you can say that's fluky earlier on, but when you get 11 games through and you're only giving up you're giving up a running back touchdown and less than a third of them. I think you can take something from that. And also, I mean, we had Bruce Arians messing with the, the carries in the backfield distribution on Monday night. Uh, you know, you know, Ronald Jones got he got involved quite a bit. So, uh, you know, that uncertainty mixed with the bad matchup uh, makes me want to avoid the Tampa Bay running backs this week if possible. Um, but you know, I've got more on Tampa Bay later on, but I'll let you get to your dud first. All right. My dud, I- I've got to go with Damian Harris because just because the snap share is not, it's starting to slip out of his favor there against new England. Now, not to say you can't run against Tennessee. We saw Houston, uh, <laughs> rip them up this past <laughs> week. So, I mean, I think there's going to be some uh, yards there, but Ramondar Stevenson, I think he I think he's slipping into that role where they are true 50-50 split right now so if you have to rely heavily mm-hmm. on Damon Harris Damian Harris this week I'm not liking that odds yeah I mean 10 carries last week but less than 40 percent of the snaps it was basically thirds with him and Stevenson and Bolden with uh Stevenson who I think has the best skills out of that out of that set you know we talked about Taylor with you know with the skills to begin with um Stevenson's getting the higher uh carry share and even getting you know a couple of passing down snaps as well. So uh, he actually ended up with the most PPR points, I believe, out of the three last week. And, I mean, we're back to traditional New England backfield here. I mean, you're <laughs> you're throwing darts at the wall and hopefully one sticks with, uh, you know, the guy that happens to lead it or break out the one big play or get the red zone target in a given week. Yeah, I'm surprised Kevin Falk isn't in this matchup somehow or in this backfield. I mean, that seemed like him, his role for the last when he was there. Exactly. All the time. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis around. Yes. You know, we can, we, can, we can do this. We can do this all day. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, stud quarterback. Who are you looking at this week? Yeah, I said uh, I'd come back to Tampa Bay, and I think I got to go to Tom Brady. While the Colts are good against the run, they haven't been so great against the pass. Uh, I mean, they're the second worst against uh, you know opposing quarterbacks here. Tom Brady should get a couple of his weapons back. I, I I forgot to read up on Antonio Brown and his fake vaccine card situation here. <laughs> you know, maybe taking some of the uh, taking some of the heat off uh, Aaron with you know with his shenanigans out there. Yeah. But uh, you know, he'll get Gronk back in a better capacity. Maybe he gets Antonio Brown back. But you know, overall, this is a great matchup for the quarterbacks. We actually ranked Tom Brady number one overall in our quarterback rankings this week because you know with uh, with Mahomes on by there are and Mahomes and Murray, I guess. Murray hasn't been playing anyway, but with Mahomes on by that that spot was up for grabs, and we're giving it to Tom this week as our top overall quarterback. All right, stud quarterback. I'm going to go a deep cut this week. I Ooh, I like it. I, I'm liking Tyrod Taylor against the Jets. I mean, he came back on you know pretty good game against the Titans. They got a win. I know there's not a whole lot there to deal with with Houston, but he seems to make the most of what he wherever he goes. He seems to kind of overachieve with what they give him. If it isn't mm-hmm. for the team doctor stabbing him in the uh, you know in the <laughs> kidney, he'll I mean he'll do good for you. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm not saying he's going to blow up the world. But if you really are in deep trouble this week and you need to find somebody, 
I think Tyrod Taylor is going to have a really good performance this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so a general rule of thumb in fantasy is if you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, say, there's no need to carry a backup quarterback Correct. on your roster here. You, you try to, if your backup quarterback's good, try to use them as a kicker in a trade or something, or just cut them out right and see yeah. what happens. So you are rostering another quarterback. I mean, I own Justin Herbert in four leagues here, and I don't even bother a backup quarterback with him because I'm confident enough. So if you're a Mahomes owner and you need to make a quick swap for a, for hopefully an easy 20 fantasy points, I'm actually fine with Tyrod Taylor. You know, we got him right around the top 20 this week, which is, you know, which is fair enough, but it's a decent matchup against the Jets. Hopefully he gets a little more chemistry with Cooks cooking up here and uh, he was actually one of our top super he was the top super flex pickup for us uh, you know on our waiver wire show yesterday so um so yeah absolutely i'm with you go ahead and go for it there all right doug quarterback uh, who are we looking at yeah i don't really like <laughs> i mean I, I feel like i say to him every week but i'm going cousins he's heading west <laughs> to play san francisco yeah they're a top 10 team i believe that's the primetime fox game on sunday so you know it's not not necessarily the prime yep. cousins but flirting with that area so uh uh, I'm going, I mean, Justin Jefferson, obviously he tore up the Packers was an absolute man here. I think Shanahan's going to maybe find a way to game plan for that, which, you know, maybe that could mean Thielen or Conklin or someone has their game, uh, necessarily, but, uh, cousins heading West, you know, I'm just, I'm going to pick on him this week. Oh, man. I'm going to go with, uh, I'll say Matt Stafford. I know they're coming off a of bye week and this may be a Homer pick. And I know this defense is a little tired, but I don't – I think they'll match up all right with them. I Again, I know there's a lot of injuries on that defense, but it's Stafford at Lambeau, right? I mean, <laughs> he hasn't yep. had the greatest success at Lambeau Field. Now, like I said, he's got his new tool with OBJ, and I'm sure he'll try to go deep right away again to show him that he's going to throw him the ball. But those <laughs> other injuries with Robert Woods out and all that, I, I don't like – I know. I think he's going to do a decent game, but I don't think you can expect the world from Matt Stafford this week. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, we were we were going to maybe talk about some strength of schedule stuff, and you know, we'll save that for next week. But uh, he had collectively. I mean, there are no one big bad matchup that stands out, but just collectively over the last six weeks of the season, here Stafford has one of the tougher strengths of schedule. So you know, maybe it would be time if you're if you've been single quarterbacking Stafford to consider maybe a guy like Newton or Carr or even Heineken, someone off the waiver wire to uh, to back that up this week. We still have him at number eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing I want to talk about with Stafford, though, is, uh, you know, we, we mentioned with the waiver wire players that are being overlooked. I think a lot of people dropped Van Jefferson yes. um, this this past week because of the bye week and, or, and needing a spot to start. He was only 46% rostered in Yahoo leagues when we took a look at him on the Tuesday waiver wires show. And I actually, I like Ben Jefferson's rest of season outlook more than OBJ's. I think he'll get more consistent volume, whereas hopefully OBJ will just be kind of a big play guy, you know, you know, a little less consistent there. Jefferson seems more likely to step into the woods role and, and Stafford seems to like him in the red zone. So um, I'm glad you brought up brought up Stafford because I didn't get a chance to bring up Jefferson earlier, and uh, I'm pretty high on him the rest of the season. All right, stud wide receiver uh, this week. Yeah, I'm going the opposite side of the Minnesota matchup. You know, I'm playing to the crowd here. I think both Debo and Ayuk could have big games against Minnesota. Now, I know Ayuk was uh, you know rage drop in a ton of different. Yes. Uh, a ton of different leagues after his slow start. You know, he wasn't quite on the same page with Shanahan. But we're starting to see a late-season resurgence similar to what happened last season. He's definitely a great athlete. And, and the uh, 
and the, the caveat here is what's going to happen with Elijah Mitchell, right? He's still day-to-day with that broken finger. We don't know for sure he's going to play. When Mitchell was out last Sunday, we saw Debo in the backfield a little bit more and, uh, you know, getting used in that capacity. And when that happens, I shifts over to possibly the number one of the number one targets in that offense. Of course, Kittle is around as well. But I like both of those guys to uh, to have success against Minnesota this week. Debo is going to be Debo. I think you can count on him for 15 fantasy points a week pretty much heading out. But Ayuk's going to start uh, start emerging. That Jimmy G likes looking at him in the red zone too. So uh, both of those guys, I think, are set for uh, above average games here. And the Vikings against opposing wide receivers, nothing to write home about. Nope. You know, in, in standard formats, they're the second worst, actually, giving up a combined like 28 fantasy points a game to wideouts here. So they've given up 13 touchdowns to wideouts. That's one of the that's like the third tied for the third worst mark in the league. So uh, even though their secondary is getting a little bit healthier, I still think that, uh, you know, the 49ers and Shanahan will drop a game plan to really attack them. All right. For mine, I don't know why I'm drawn to this Carolina-Miami matchup, but I, I am for some reason. And I see Robbie Anderson has been kind of a uh, you know popular pickup in some formats this week. Had five catches last week. Last time he played against uh, Miami, he had a good game. Uh, seven receptions, 117 yards in a touchdown, but that was like almost two years ago. <laughs> so he has yes. some history and success against them, but Miami's secondary is not been the greatest in the world, as we've talked about in past weeks. Now, will Christian McCaffrey cut into his usage? Yes, but I think Robbie Anderson, I I think he might have the best chances out of the Carolina wide receiver duo, and that's why I'll go with him this week. Yeah, I mean, with Cam back, his, his production seems to be heading in the right direction. You know, him and it's him and DJ Moore in two yeah. wide receiver sets, which just seems like what they want they are playing on the field for almost 92% of snaps, second most targets among pass catchers, just one less route ran than DJ Moore. So both of those guys are uh, are getting run on the field here. So it might be time, um, you know, we have Terrence, Terrace Marshall kind of dropping down the depth chart here. It might be time for Robbie Anderson to start getting more involved here. And the matchup against Miami is certainly favorable. All right, Dodd wide receiver this week. Yeah, there are uh, the biggest one that stood out to me is uh is AJ Brown. And now I know he's the only man left standing here basically yes. in Tennessee here. Uh you know cuz Marcus Julio Jones is on IR. Even Marcus Johnson a pickup a sneaky one we liked last week. Of course goes out there and gets gets hurt yes. really early in the game after playing, you know, 82% of first quarter snaps here. But Brown is the only guy left and you know they have New England this week. So if Brown doesn't play, it's actually a mystery as to who Belichick's going to try to take away because they don't have anything left for skill position players here. It's uh, it's rough. Now, we want to monitor his practice participation to see if he even plays, but this is one of those situations where if you have better options, even if he's able to, mu- to, to muster up himself to go out there and play uh, with the chest ribs injury that he has, I'm still probably trying to stay away from him this week if I can. All right, dud wide receiver this week for me. I mean, do I go with Allen Robinson again? No, I can't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's too easy. The that's, perpetual panic yeah, button guy. That's, yeah, that's that's way too easy. Um, I mean, there's a lot of uh, issues in this New York Giants, Philadelphia. I mean, I was gonna go. Okay, Devonta Smith. I'll go with him this week because again, he's been riding high, and eventually it's got to drop. But I know he's going against the Giants, which. They are just a train mech right now, but I I think maybe things will even out in that offense where he's not scoring multiple touchdowns this week or or having a big game. So I'll temper my expectations on him this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, six targets last week doesn't necessarily jump off the page. They were, you know, they were in 
firm control throughout that for, throughout that game pretty much. But uh, yeah, I would I agree in that I would maybe you know he went what let's see one two three four five seven weeks in a row without scoring before scoring three touchdowns in two weeks. So yeah. I think you could you can reasonably expect a little bit of touchdown regression for him though. You know he does. He's, the Eagles haven't had their bye yet, but I mean, against uh, wide receivers and PPR scoring here, he's got a bottom twelve. Uh, he's facing a team that's in the bottom twelve in that category, yes. so he's got a pretty favorable rest of season schedule overall. But uh, I could see. I mean, the Giants are a mess. They just got their offensive coordinator fired. I mean, yes. fingers crossed. The Bears go out and spend millions of dollars on a search form to end up with uh, <laughs> end up with Jason Garrett as their head coach, right? That's what we yes. can all hope here after. It's pretty much a shirt. I don't know how these reports leak out yeah. that Nagy's going to get fired this yeah. week uh, yeah, and, and that he's still going to play the game. So I'm not sure how much I trust that. But regardless, uh, you know, the, anyway, they just went out and got Jason Garrett fired. I think they might be messy and uh, game flow. It might be another tough game flow for, uh, you know, the Eagles to really have to air it out here. Yeah, I was talking to my Bears fan in the building here, and he's like, I don't know. He's like, with all these national writers, he's like, some local writer somehow got an email, and that's how they know Nagy's last game is on Thursday. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would he even get ready for the game then? Yeah, every once in a while, <laughs> front offices get a little bit careless with their emails. Yes. I remember one time I got I got one of the NBA team's whole draft plan accidentally Ooh. emailed to me. So it can it can happen here. I'm not going to name names or anything, but uh, you know, just through through connections. I mean, it can happen out there. So uh, who knows? Maybe maybe something like that leaked, and and it could be reliable. We'll have to see. So you knew the Bucks were going to pick Joe Alexander this whole time. <laughs> Uh, no, it wasn't the Bucks. Ah. We give him a little more credit than that. Although that was, it was like four or five years ago at this point, so uh, <laughs> you know it's well in the past. That regime has since changed over here. Thanks. I don't know if that's enough hints or not, but thankfully, uh, yeah, fun stuff. It happens. It happens. All right, Packers, Rams, Lambeau Field. Uh, what do you expect? I mean, this is a big game for you know seeding in the NFC. We see you know. The Packers, you know, people are getting down over the loss at Minnesota, but again, tough game always is over there. Uh, we yes, they are a little tired. We know the bye week is coming up after this game, but uh, you know I think they're going to get up for this game. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I think they can. It's all going to depend on how Rodgers feels with that toe injury. I mean, yeah, he didn't seem super optimistic about it when he was talking after the game. Basically saying, well, we just got to get through the week and then we get to the bye and hopefully you have a chance to heal. I mean, maybe he's got a a homeopathic cure for it or something. We'll have to see, but. Um, but no, it's going to depend on him and how he plays, as does every game. You know that he goes out there and and, uh, and suits up here. I mean, this is a pick'em game, so Vegas isn't giving the Packers the typical three points for home field here. Uh, you know, suggesting Rams would be favored on a neutral field, so that's interesting to start with. Of course, you mentioned the Rams are off a of bye, um, but you know the defense. I think it needs to get healthy. They really need Rashawn Gary back to give them some semblance of a pass rush. And uh, if they can get in Stafford's face a little bit, you know, maybe they can make him see ghosts of uh, Lambeau Field pass like, yeah. he, like he typically has, and they can get after him. And, of course, the other big injury situation is, are we going to see more Valdez Scantling if, uh, you know, if Lazard doesn't play again? Mm -hmm. So we'll have to monitor Lazard's practice participation. He's got that shoulder injury. Um, now, A.J. Dillon in the last game, he got a lot of volume. He wasn't quite as efficient as previous weeks and I think we're underestimating Lazard's downfield blocking a little bit helping helping him get to the next level here so those will those will also be factors but uh I mean can the Packers go out and get it done as long as Aaron Rodgers is putting on a uniform I I have to pick them yep I I'm with you on that I I do believe yeah it's gonna be tough 
But I think, yeah, they're going to be up for this game. They know what this means in the, uh, you know, the end game here of trying to get to the playoffs and whatnot. So even with all that stuff going on on the defensive side and offense, too, with a little bit of the injuries, especially with, you know, Jenkins on the line, I do think, yeah, they, they rise to the challenge this week. And I, I'll be with you. I think they win by a field goal. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. So, yeah, let's cross our fingers and uh, and hope for the best as Packer fans. But, you know, again, if a loss happens, another loss happens, the sky isn't necessarily falling. So yeah. let's just remember to keep like to avoid the panic button a little bit just in case it doesn't go our way. And, of course, Rotowire can help you out with everything. So if you're uh, Thanksgiving Day, you're looking to kill time and not spend it with the family, <laughs> you're trying to uh-huh. figure out your matchups, you can go to Rotowire mm-hmm. to help you out. Yeah, exactly. Or if you want to make a friendly wager with the family yes. on the three on the three games here, I just retweeted the article from my uh, Twitter account at okay. Jake. Uh, it has the Thanksgiving rankings you can check out. And if you want to use any of the other tools on the website, as always, it's just rotowire.com/free. We don't make you put in a credit card. You can get ten days, try out the site, read all the articles, look at all the data I'm I'm looking at now and, and relaying to you guys, and uh, hopefully help you out uh, with Thanksgiving Day pools. And of course just your fantasy rest of the season here we're starting you know the playoffs are starting a week later here but we're getting in that crunch where these are must-win games for a lot of fantasy players here and hopefully we can help you find the right pickups make the right start sit decisions and uh set you up for success when it's time to win some money here in december and january well jake again thank you so much for your time have a great holiday weekend here we'll talk to you next week yeah pj appreciate it as always and yeah happy thanksgiving and all the listeners out there and, and best of luck with those lineups Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.